Welcome to the Cup and Saucy Book Club. I'm Jen. And I'm Zanna. What's in your cup today, Zanna? I'm drinking Why Talk When We Can Pine, a raspberry rose brew from Trope Tea made for the Ripped Bodice in Culver City, California, that I picked up on our pilgrimage there when we were in LA for Steamy LitCon. It's got hibiscus and lemon peel, rose hips and rose petals. How about you? What's in your cup? Well, in honor of today's guest, I've got a vanilla cold brew coffee from the Chameleon Coffee Company. Mm. And our guest today is one of the romance genre's most prolific and beloved voice actors. He's a proud vocal advocate for equality, consent, and respect. His solo writing debut, The Chameleon Effect, was shortlisted by Audible's editorial staff as one of the best audiobooks of 2022, earned an Earphones Award, and was voted one of the top 100 romance audios of all time. He has been featured in Men's Health Magazine and honored with numerous industry awards. He is also the CEO of Blue Nose Audio, a boutique company focusing on helping independent authors turn their written works into dynamic and marketable audiobook experiences. When he isn't in the studio, writing his next chapter or connecting with his fans and hearing their stories, he enjoys hiking, traveling, and investing his time and heart in supporting Pitbull, foster training and rescue efforts. Joe Arden, welcome to the show. Hi. Thank you very much. Those sound like delicious drinks, and I would love some of both of those. Probably not <laughs> together. Very, very good. Yeah, but, no, uh, not together. No, yeah. probably not. Yeah. We made the pilgrimage recently to the Ripped Bodice, and by the time this episode airs, we will probably have shown some video of that because it was it was a great experience. We were in Anaheim for Steamy LitCon, another book convention, but when we were in Chicago for Wild and Windy in the City... We had a rather unique experience, and before you start there, can I tell you what I'm drinking? Nobody asked me. Yes, about my absolutely. Yes. Yeah, please. If we're throwing please. shout outs to coffee and tea houses out there, I am drinking a cup of black coffee from uh, the folks at Intelligentsia. They, I believe, that you can get their coffee m- most places in the country now. I think they distribute their beans nationwide, but their flagship uh, location is in Silver Lake in East LA. Ah, okay. which is where all great artisan stuff starts, anyway. <laughs> sure, absolutely. So you made me think of it too with the the Chameleon Brew and the Chameleon Effect. And uh, if you head over there, you might find Liam. Or, or uh, even uh, Teddy from How to Get Lucky. Uh, yeah. Okay. Sipping a cup there as well. So uh, anyway, I apologize. We just started. I haven't even begun chatting and I've already interrupted you. So I'm <laughs> off to a, a real you are, You are start. doing, we are all doing just fine. We're off to we're a just... typical start then. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> this is absolutely for sure. Where we left off, you were in Chicago. Yes, uh, we were where in Chicago. I last Actually, you. Okay. we were all in Chicago, as it turns out. Yes. Yes, we were all in Chicago. At Wild and Windy in the City. And you are in the very unique position of being the only guest we have ever asked onto the show by Podposal. And your response, I just have to say it flat out was pitch perfect. If we had given you a script for this, you would you could not have done it better. So when we did this, <laughs> what was going on in your mind when when you saw what we were about to do? Now I want to know, do you know exactly what I said? Uh, yeah, we have it on video. <laughs> oh, there's video. So. I think it was, was, yes, of course, a thousand times yes. Oh, okay. And then you jumped up and, and then you said, now give me my fucking ring. Uh, that's what I said. I said, give me my fucking ring, Pop. So I believe. Yes. Uh, yes. Yeah. As any good person who is being uh, proposed to uh, knows, the the yes is nice. It's the uh, it's the ring that you're really right. excited about, though. Right. So, right. Uh, and I was indeed very excited about mine. I still have my ring, Pop. Uh, it's probably it's probably reached past the point of my. It was it was not edible to begin with. I think oh. I mentioned that at the time. Okay. <laughs> I'm glad you told me because I. I do enjoy a good ring pop. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yes, it sits, uh, it sits on a shelf in my office. I thought it was extremely sweet, and I was very Aww. touched. I'm thrilled that that seems like it was uh, many moons ago, and it was. It was. Almost it, a was. Year it was. Ago, so, so. Uh, it I'm was. glad that we're now 
we're, we're here. We did it. We made it. We had <laughs> finally, one of those. Um, finally. Yeah, we had we had you know we had one of those lengthy uh, engagement periods, which is understandable yes, because yes. Right. when you want to have the perfect event, you know you need to take the time to plan it and do it right. There's a lot of phone calls and emails, and so. And it, it's perfect because this is my birthday. So. What happy birthday! Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Do you have any special like birthday traditions? Getting old. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess that's everybody's. I mean, that's everybody's yeah. birthday tradition. That's one of my favorite. That's one of my favorite Mitch Hedberg jokes. <laughs> Mitch Hedberg has a joke that says, "Somebody came up to me and said, I saw this picture of you when you were younger,' and I said, every picture of me is of when I'm younger.' <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yep. Okay, Zena. I said, hold on. I'm not okay. done with this. I have a follow-up question here. Sure. Um, <laughs> you don't have. There isn't a thing that you do every birthday. Not really. No. No. What about? Not really. Is there a thing? How about this? How about this? Is there something you always wish you would have gotten for a birthday that no oh. one ever gave you? Is there like? Okay, so yeah. I've got a cup. I've got a couple of things, and some okay. of the things I really don't want anymore. Uh, so my parents, when I was growing up, would they were English professors, and they would not allow me to get anything on any of my gift lists that I had spelled incorrectly. Woof, that is brutal. However, <laughs> I spelled pony correctly every year yeah. and never got one. I mean, pony's not that hard. No, yeah. it's the tra- it's the trampoline you could never have. It's just like this. No, well, so I can't imagine having a trampoline now. At, yeah, or a pony for that matter. No, no, yeah, I don't think I want most of the things that I asked for then. Or a pony on a trampoline. Just go fucking crazy. Oh no, no, no! <laughs> Thank you, Joe. You've inspired me. That's what I want. I want a pony on a trampoline. <laughs> Happy birthday. Okay. That's what I got you. <laughs> oh, I'm so glad that you said that. Cause I'm it's, so excited. It's outside your window right now. And it's what I always wanted. Oh, there it is. There was there was some assembly required. I'm happy to say the assembly was required for the trampoline, not the pony. The pony came fully assembled. So that's good. Oh, that's good. I hope so. That's really yeah. <laughs> That's a mess. <laughs> Somehow we've gotten way off track. And, and, yeah. <laughs> And as with the pony, I'm going to rein this back in. And nice. Oh, that's very good. Hey. Ooh. <laughs> you know, Ba-dum-bum. sometimes I'm on top of it. Sometimes I am. There you go. So we are recording this today while uh, Maxine's episode airs. And she and many of your fellow narrators have fan groups on social media. Either they're self-run or they are created by fans. And you have one as well. And what is what was your goal in creating Joe Arden's Audio Attic? Well, so I would like to say, I don't actually, I never thought of the Audio Attic as a fan group. Um, there, is, I, there is a fan group on Facebook, mm-hmm. Arden's, Arden's, Arden's Garden. Arden's Garden, yeah. Uh, I'm blanking on the, we came up with a really fun slogan for the Arden's Garden um, that I'm not entirely sure I could even say on this show. Um, we're... Are we good? It's something we're, like... We're explicit. Yeah. We're, yeah, rated we're rated as explicit. explicit. It was something yeah. like a fertile... Like, Arden's Garden, like a fertile place with lots of, <laughs> with lots of shade to grow and fuck or something like that. I can't, oh. I can't remember what it was. But anyway, so I think that's like... Um, I think fan groups are best fan generated. Like, yeah. Um, right. And that I think it's nice for there to be a space that I don't necessarily ever go into or that I certainly wouldn't spend a lot of time in where folks can communicate and connect about some of the work that I've done. And that's just the fact that that is even possible is frankly a little mind blowing to me. Um, the Audio Attic which is the Patreon platform that I host and where I create content, um, was really born from this idea I had that what I could tell from fans that I did speak to uh, or that I'd hear from online was 
they have a level of fascination for and interest in the process of audiobook creation that I think a lot of audio pros take for granted. Mm-hmm. It's one of those jobs that really sparks people's imaginations, both the final product, but also how you get to the final product. And I thought, well, I... I love doing this stuff. And, and frankly, this work is very solitary. I spend a lot of time mm-hmm. by myself in a four by four foot sort of padded cell. Uh, mm-hmm. I once had an author describe my studio as a vertical coffin. And I thought that was pretty telling. Oh, goodness. <laughs> so the audio attic is an opportunity for me to bring... Frankly, it's an opportunity for me to bring people into the booth with me and make what can be a very solitary and lonely job uh, much less so. What the audio attic has become has been sort of beyond my wildest dreams and the scope of my creative imagination. Um, It's both a place where I feel free to create any kind of content that really sparks my own creative energy and my own sense of imagination and play and fun, whether that's, um, I believe I've done like a poem based on a bunch of the Wordle words that I shared in there. Um, I'm working on a book based on characters that I created in there. There are now multiple characters that exist in my head and in story that were sort of made up during you know, lives or announcements and all sorts of things all taking place in there. And then about a year into the experience, um, I added a Discord server, which is private for members of the community. And that has really helped foster that sense of community. Um, I guess what folks say in the audio attic is uh, you join for Joe and then you stay for the community. Um, which to me is really, it's just really powerful and it's really incredible Mm -hmm. um, to see people connecting literally all over the world Mm -hmm. uh, that starts with the sort of fundamental shared love of romance stories and stories with happily ever afters and has turned into monthly dinners in, you know, Florida and quarterly get togethers in Virginia. And I know, I think like last year, like 10 of them all got together and went to like the Minnesota State Fair. Like whenever I, I didn't even attend Readers Take Denver last year and they had shirts made and everybody was there rocking their Audio Attic Takes Denver shirts. It's a, it's family and it's a created family that has this fundamental belief that people can and should be nice to each other and that it doesn't hurt to be kind and uh they like a little uh they like a little they like a little filth in their happy stories uh, you know and then they're all there yeah. so yeah because who wouldn't <laughs> and so full disclosure uh and we will also say this on the show notes both Zana and I are members of the Audio Attic, uh, and I am one of the moderators for the Discord. So we have that full disclosure, but it is... I, I can't remember as... how to sign into the Discord. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to give you lessons. But um... I, appreci- I do appreciate the community aspect of it, because I can see how much it has positively impacted Jen and her... Um, and just her life and how these connections with these other people who are part of the attic have been so wonderful for her and, and just an enormous form of support. So, you know, it, is, it isn't about you, Joe. <laughs> it's not. I mean, it, In it, fact. Is a, it is. It, I mean, but you're the platform on, on which these amazing relationships are built. Yeah. And it, yeah, you're, you're, you're not even offending me by saying that. In fact, you're celebrating the community by acknowledging that it isn't about me. And I'll be the first one to tell you it's not about me. So much so, in fact, that um, I, when this thing got started, I referred to it as Joe Arden's Audio Attic, and I don't use that language anymore. It is just the Audio Attic. Um, 
And for folks that are like super invested in the technology and the things that like that spend the time in Discord, that whole space is there. For other folks who forget their login or don't have the time or whatever, Patreon itself is still the home for all of my original content. So so the content still goes there. Um, I'll do booth sessions where you're kind of with me while I record a chapter. Or um, I read from the classics periodically throughout the year and then release them serialized. So we do fireside audio and we get chapter drops at a time from classics, from uh, literature. And um, I've done songs and I do uh, poems and raps and like we do interviews. Sometimes I interview myself. It's goofy and silly. My favorite part of the community and the anchor really of the whole space is uh, what we call our weekly wisdoms. And every Monday we begin the week with um, some thoughtful, positive affirmations, reflections on wise words and a chance to just kind of connect and ground ourselves to something intentional and meaningful and positive. And that's there for everybody, whether or not you even connect to Discord, so. Yeah, that's that's the thing I particularly appreciate, the Weekly Wisdoms, because those have a, have a way of finding me in places where I need to hear it. Every single week, somebody in the comments says, uh, I don't know how you do it, but every week the wisdom is the perfect wisdom for the week. And yeah. like, I just love that. Um, and for somebody it is. For somebody it's exactly what you needed to hear when you needed to hear it. And that is really powerful for me. So I think more than that, too, it's just somebody putting out that kind of positive energy when you're kind of in a place that you need to hear something positive is, you know, they can people will see the patterns however they see them. You know, they'll see the that particular, you know, thing to apply to whatever their situation is. But just having it there that they can draw some strength that they're not alone, that they're that there's somebody else out there who understands. So it's very human. It's very human. And I love that. I think that one of the things <clears throat> that I really recognized about Romance Landia uh, and the love of the HEA is that there is this yearning in this community for things to be good, to turn out well. And I really, I really resonate with that sensibility. I am like a, like a just painfully positive person. I, <laughs> I always want to believe in the good in people. I always want to believe that there is brightness to humanity. Um, and so for me, the weekly wisdom is exactly what you said. Like, Hey, n not only do our love stories, the books we read, um, not only do we want all those to end well, but like, let's fucking find a way to make every week be well, be good, be positive and bright. And let's be as aggressive and forthright and passionate about pouring positivity out into the world as, uh, some folks are about being callous or negative or cynical. Um, and I'm here for that. And it's not like I don't come by some of that honestly. Like I've experienced plenty of loss and I know what it means to feel alone and hurt and sad. And I get all those things. But I never, but in spite of all that, it's like, yeah, but we can still feel good and we can find a way to be positive and we can see the fucking rainbow. Um, and not worry about the felled trees. I mean, so. I don't start the week without that now. It, you know, there's, with uh, a lot of the Patreon posts, I can't always get, uh, get to it right away as soon as it's posted, but that is the one that I make sure because I know that, you know, listening to it, I will get something that will get me started for the week. And I've never missed a Monday. No, you never have. Since it started, because I also recognize how important it is for the community and for me, frankly. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Um, yeah, haven't missed a Monday in over two years. So wow. three, three years. I don't. <laughs> we had this discussion. We had this discussion <laughs> once since we had one of the anniversaries for the attic, and I was like, "The audio attic is turning three. and they're like, "No, it's two. And I'm like, "No, we're starting our third, our third year. year. <laughs> We've completed two years. This isn't." Uh, these aren't elevators in the States. This is, I'm using European 
elevator rolls for this year, folks. We start at zero. Time has lost all meaning since the pandemic. So. So there you go. Yeah. So there you go. There's, there's a little of that too. Well, obviously, obviously the the attic has turned into something completely different than than how you first envisioned it, and it's it's a growing space. It continues to grow, and it's been such a positive force not just and even though Zana is not uh, signing into the discord she has been part of the community because every book event we go to is an attic family reunion and they've been absolutely wonderful to me yeah. there's somebody yeah. from the attic there at every single one that is always the the guarantee that if you have not been to a book event before and you're nervous about going and you've never um you know and you may be nervous about being amongst that many people all at once, find, find an attic member. They will, they will, you know, take you by the hand and guide you through it and, you know, give you the space to be um, alone when you need that. And, or just, you know, say here, try this out or here, meet this person. And um, it's always been the essence of community and why I always say that it's the best place on the internet because of that. So you are not the reason we are all there now, Joe, but you, you, you started us off. So thanks. I'm happy to have done so. And I love seeing the wristbands that folks wear to events and the t-shirts that they wear. And, um, you know, um, we have our own gift shop in there and Danielle does an incredible job making shirts and hats and then, things that really reflect the values of the community. And it's really special to see that. Um, reflect is a really great word because you then all re reflect that positivity and that energy into the community at large. And I can't tell you the number of authors that I have received messages from who have said things like, um, a bunch of your fans came up uh, to my table at such and such a signing and bought a bunch of my books and just made me feel really seen and powerful and positive and first I'm like how do you know that they were my fans I'm like oh they're all wearing shirts <laughs> and like they <laughs> they make it well known and I'm like amazing and like and with with that with that comes this like powerful and unrelenting positivity and um I it's it makes people feel good and that's fucking awesome that's the whole point one other thing that you have created that you are responsible for and the CEO of, Blue Nose Audio. How did that come about? You were narrating books and then then decided to start another company to do this? Well, so Blue Nose Audio was just this really natural transition from the narration work that I was doing into production work, which was basically... Uh, born from authors who'd been reaching out to me directly and saying, I'd love for you to narrate my book. And I, you don't get to however many titles I've recorded now without saying yes to a lot of projects. So I, I like mm -hmm. saying yes. I, so I like working with new authors and I like celebrating and telling stories. And um, But eventually, you know, the schedule only permits so many books to be recorded in a year. And mm -hmm. um, so... I got to the point with some of these authors where I was like, well, I can't record this, but boy, do I know a couple of voices that would be really great for this project. And one of the consequences of being in this community is that I do know all the narrators. And in fact, more often and in a more intimate way than a lot of other production companies might know these folks because mm -hmm. they are uh, my colleagues are my friends. And one of the things I tell newer narrators if you have an opportunity to let a production company know about you personally, you've gone a long way toward helping them cast you. Because mm -hmm. when I receive a description from an author or a passage or selection of text, or like, hey, this is what this book's going to be. Second chance, grumpy sunshine, she owns a bakery and he's, uh, you know, an auto mechanic. If I remember... From, from a narrator intake form that you said to me, like, you work on cars in your free time, that's mm -hmm. 
that's going to click for me. And I'm going to think, oh, wow, like, because the job of a producer is to find the right voice for every project. Mm -hmm. And if you can let me know more about your voice, not just the timbre of your voice, the, I can figure that out by listening to samples. What, what makes you sing? What makes you come alive? Um, uh, uh, for example, uh, uh, C.J. Bloom uh, is mm -hmm. a baker. I know this. So, mm -hmm. like, if a book has some baking involved, uh, I'm like, oh, like, you know, maybe C.J. is available for this. I know that she loves to bake. And if there's scenes, too, like where the baking becomes an integral part of the story, well, don't you want somebody that is familiar with that world so that they can bring as much sort of authenticity to that story as possible? Yeah. Oh, so, um, so that's where Blue Nose came from. And... Um, during the pandemic, um, a very dear friend of mine, somebody I've known for a long time who I used to do comedy with and, um, again, has been a part of my life for a while, um, she was out of work, like really out of work because her job was working uh, costumes for pop stars. She's been oh, around. Yeah. She's been around oh, the world yeah. with like Pink and Lady Gaga and Cher and Madonna and Katy Perry and I, she's done Beyonce. Like she's done everybody. She's mm -hmm. and some of them again traveled all over the world. And sure. so the pandemic happened, and uh, I was like, "Hey, friend, um, do you want to work with me?" And like, just kind of see, like, I'll like, I'll try and help. I don't know. You, I don't know if anybody remembers at the beginning of the pandemic, nobody knew what was happening or how long it was going to be happening. Yeah, it was right. crazy. Yeah. So I was like, I need your help. Like, let me show you the ins and outs of this thing. And when the world starts going to music concerts again, if your job is there and you want to dive back in and like no hard feelings I get it but like let's get through this together mm -hmm. and she fell in love with it she fell in love with all of it and um to the point where that you know heading up production for Blue Nose Audio has become more interesting and more dynamic and exciting for her than than doing that work so well I won't say more whatever she's working she's we're still working together yeah <laughs> concerts <laughs> are happening and she's still there so we have a very small right. team but it's committed to helping uh, authors who, you know, especially ones that are focused on doing a lot of their own legwork, the indie authors that are out there doing their marketing, writing their own books, setting their own schedule. Um, audio can be a very exciting both revenue stream and um, like growth exposure portion of the market um, can be. And so I, we want to be there to say, hey, like, I can take care of all this. You give me this manuscript and we will sort it all from here. You can get back to writing and focusing on your next story. And we will work on making this the best audio version of your story as we possibly can. So, and it's fantastic. Yeah. yeah. Doing it a lot. And we're a union signatory, which is a big, big, big deal to me. Um, I've been a union member since I was a child. Um, and, uh, so I grew up in the industry and I grew up, uh, doing like voiceovers and cartoons and commercials and like that. So I, I've had my SAG card since I was three. Wow. Um, okay. And now every month I get to make health and pension contributions, uh, for the narrators that are working on these projects and, uh, working for Blue Nose I know has helped, um, you know, folks qualify for their medical benefits every year and getting folks qualified for a pension so that um, it just that means the world to me, too. So, yeah, you because you state that every at the end of every Blue Nose audiobook, uh, there's the the full credits for all of the production team, the the union memberships for the for the narrators, you mix new narrators with uh, or established narrators with people who are brand new as well as authors who are brand new and how do you find that new talent is it is it a mix of is it a mix of things you know acx or do the are the narrators brought to you how does that come about well blue nose has a narrator submission form, which uh, allows anybody that's interested to sort of tell us their information and gets put into our uh, database. Um, <clears throat> it's better when 
that's followed up with an additional email that sort of gives us a little background of who you are, where you are, and where you're at in your career. Um, mm -hmm. And then, um, you know, we're attending live events, and I'm obviously on social media, and Blue Nose is out there, and we're hungrily devouring all things that are happening in romance audio. So um, when books are put out there, um, we're listening to samples. Uh, I'm on TikTok scrolling to hear who people are talking about um, mm -hmm. because that's an opportunity for somebody to get on our radar. Um, and that's been really great. The last two years, I have hosted um, all-male narrator romance narrator workshops i've done these with small groups of men to discuss the specific ins and outs of recording not just audiobooks but romance audio from the male pov um and the kind of specific demands that that brings so education and advocacy and letting folks know and sort of keeping our ear to the streets as it were and uh being mindful of who's out there and who's creating and, and what's going on because the the different authors every story what i one thing that i people used to say sometimes if i tell people what i do then they'll say like some people will say like oh you know uh my friends have always said i have a great voice or like that people love the mm -hmm. sound of my voice and and i very politely try and let folks know and, and more importantly i let students know when i coach them um the sound of your voice is not nearly as important as how you use it mm -hmm. Be because the sound of your voice is going to be right for some stories so i like to say mm -hmm. there is a story for every voice find yours mm -hmm. there's a voice for every story find the one that is right for you that's the critical element so it's our job as producers to continue to add to the roles of talented individuals who are great storytellers so that no matter how specific and unique the background of the characters are, we've got somebody that we think would do a great job telling that story. And my favorite thing is collaborating with narrators um, who are fairly new, who I know have that thing that that mm -hmm. talent that magical gift um and to find them at the beginning of their career is really exciting yeah so and again that's part of the job also knowing that like budget can always be a factor for certain authors and certain authors who have huge names themselves are like hey i'm already selling these books i want to take a chance on somebody you think is really mm -hmm. great one of my favorite stories in this industry actually was was working with um C.D. Reese, uh, who's mm -hmm. one of my favorite authors, and she wanted me for this project. She said, hey, I got this Italian Mafia Don situation thing happening, and I want you to be the... And I said, listen, C.D., I love your writing, and I love working with you. I think I got... I think I think I can find you a better voice for this project. Will you take a chance? I was like, you... And you're C.D. Reese, so, like, if your story's there, it's going to sell. Like, can you... Will you take a chance? And she said, yes. And I said, uh, cool, I've got two guys I'd like to read for you. Really, there was one that I knew, and I um, I had just coached him. And he was a classically trained opera singer that spoke mm -hmm. Italian. <laughs> oh, well, nice. Okay. Perfect. And he read. Yeah, perfect. perfect. And she, she called me. When CD's very excited about something, she calls. She does not email. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> she called me, and she said, you beautiful fuck how did you find this guy he's perfect <laughs> she said she said you're fired he's hired i said perfect that's exactly, exactly i can hear her saying that yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, and that's antonio amato and he works yeah. all the time now um yeah. and it took you know him putting himself out there and letting me know what his skills were and it took mm -hmm. an author like cd uh, being willing to take that chance and but that's very exciting when things like that come together so and they mean a great deal to me when it does happen I have to tell you Joe I am currently listening to Antonio uh, how just, dare just you I'm just kidding I, <laughs> I gave you over 600 to choose I'm just kidding that's fantastic <laughs> yeah <laughs> I'm gonna get fired now yeah forget it you're not you're out <laughs> oh Jen I know I know 
No, what we have a in the mean? audio attic. We've got a there's a book club that happens in there, and yeah. uh, I I keep floating titles that I don't narrate in there. I'm like, uh-huh. I, like let's do this one for book club this month, and um, those I they keep losing, but eventually it's gonna happen. I am uh, <laughs> I'm not here. Listen, I I I know that some people feel that sense of competition, and I don't. I just don't because. There are so many wonderful stories being written and there is room for everyone that puts the time in to get good at telling the stories, is professional and fun to work with, um, and cares and works hard. If you're doing those things, you know. I definitely see that. I see that from, from all the narrators that we've met and that we've talked to. Yeah. I'm brand new to the, to the romance genre. I was not a romance reader at all until we started this podcast. And I was not much of an audiobook listener until we started this podcast. And Jen kept giving me titles where she would say, you have to listen to this one. But, you know, instead of me eyeball reading it, you have to, you have to listen, read to this one. Okay, okay, okay. Now I've gotten to the point where I actually really do enjoy the audiobooks. But all the narrators that we've talked to, they're so gracious and they're so supportive of each other, which I, you know, I love that. I love how supportive the industry seems to be. And, you know, if there's, if there's backbiting, I don't see it. <laughs> yeah. It is certainly the most collaborative um, yeah. and supportive corner of the entertainment industry that I have ever been a part of. And I have been mm-hmm. a part of many. So, um, yeah. It's and lovely. Maybe it's because maybe it's because you all are in those boxes all day and right. just it's it's the chance for human interaction in a way that that is is positive. So I think that know. there's also this um there's this sort of shared sense of understanding. I tell folks that are interested in doing audiobook work, I say this is the most amount of work for the least amount of money under a union contract that you can do in voiceover. Mm -hmm. And I think that surprises a lot of people because they think that reading a book out loud doesn't sound all that challenging. And it is, it's physically taxing um, without Mm -hmm. actually doing anything, without going anywhere. (laughs) So you're like not moving, but it's exhausting. And it's not reading a book, it's performing. You're performing a book. Well, I would tend to agree with you. It's absolutely acting yeah and that's one thing that i've got into discussions with people who are not listeners of audiobooks They're like well you know i don't really want to listen to somebody read me a book i'm like that's not what you're getting that's... that is absolutely not what you're getting you're getting a full performance that's what and i tell it's magical students whenever i talk about yeah. the industry and when i say listen <laughs> everyone you can read a book by yourself tell mm-hmm. tell me a story Mm-hmm. Tell me, you, you tell me the story. Um, and that's the thing that is fundamental to the human experience. Yes, absolutely. That's, yes. That is the thing. Storytelling. Storytelling is what makes us human. Yeah, it's storytelling. Yeah. Um, and so that is what's so powerful about those performers that really do take the time to immerse themselves into those characters and into those worlds. Mm-hmm. and. Yeah, and you're right. It's not reading a book. It's telling a story. It's absolutely. So all of that new talent, it leads right into what I was going to talk about next, which is tell us about the All Voices Initiative. Yeah, so um, the All Voices Initiative is an ambitious uh, (laughs) uh, project that I am in the sort of um, organizing phase of right now um and the mission of this foundation this movement is uh to allow for folks with a talent a gift and a drive for storytelling that may not have access to the training and the equipment to get their careers off the ground to get their voice in front of an audience I want to set up a program whereby those obstacles are removed from folks who want to get into this business. And the Mm -hmm. fact is that 
The training for audiobook narration is very specific. It is a specific kind of storytelling that has a lot of both technical and emotional touchstones that need to be worked on. And the field is so competitive now that you really got to get it right out of the gates. So you need to be doing that training and that work behind the scenes before you're getting paid. And then the equipment mm -hmm. that you need to record, many of whom uh, are now recording from home, can be quite expensive. Mm -hmm. Even a proper starter kit will still cost you north of $1,000, not including the computer. Plus, you need to be in a space that's quiet enough that you can talk for long stretches of time and not be interrupted by sounds from the outside world. So the barrier for entry can be quite high and Blue Nose Audio and many of my contemporaries are committed to uh, representational casting whereby if the main characters in a story identify with a specific racial or ethnic uh, background, it is incumbent upon us to find voices that represent those characters so that there are more storytellers from different backgrounds and different places and different ideologies telling more and more stories. So the All Voices Initiative is um, born from this sort of audio attic ethos of being positive and trying to make the community brighter and stronger and better with positivity. Um, and we are currently figuring out whether or not this organization should live on its own as its own sort of 501c3 or if it's going to exist as a partnership program with an organization that is already uh, fostering and working toward a similar mission. Um, so that's where I'm at right now is the talking to different entities, figuring out um, what kind of community partners we have uh, and getting it off the ground. I thought that I could wave a magic wand and this would just be so. Um, turns out it is a little more involved than that, but the work is happening and I cannot wait to share it with the community and start to make room for more beautiful, dynamic storytellers and voices. Yes, uh, 501c3s do not pop up overnight. <laughs> they do not. There is a lot that goes into it. So you have your audiobook production company. You do, you narrate audiobooks. You have the audio attic. You have your fostering new talent and giving workshops. And you still manage to have in the same 24 hours a day that the rest of us have, you managed to write books as well. And the first year anniversary of The Chameleon Effect was on September 13th. Did you have a special plan, celebration? And do you have any works in progress right now that you want to mention? Putting The Chameleon Effect out into the universe was probably the single most terrifying part of my entire career because my name and just my name was on this creative work. And the vulnerability and the amount of exposure that is attached to putting something out there into a universe full of strangers who are going to say what they think of it one way or the other um, is pretty scary, especially for a guy that was teased pretty mercilessly on the playground in elementary school. The response to that story has been overwhelming and made me feel so incredible and so proud of the characters that I created and the world that I built. Um, and so to celebrate the one year anniversary, um, I actually, uh, one of the beautiful parts of self-publishing, which was what I wanted to do from the outset because I work with so many indie authors, um, I didn't even shop The Chameleon Effect around to traditional publishing houses. Um, I was always going to self-publish this book because um, I have such a profound amount of respect for all the authors who basically have said, I'm not going to let somebody else tell me no. I'm going to figure out how to get my story out into the universe. I just, that is so fucking cool to me. Um, so that was always the route because I wanted to know more about that world too. And I wanted to sort of immerse myself in that. And it's been 
amazing. People, people bought it, read it, love mm -hmm. it, listen to it. Um, so for the one year anniversary, um, I actually got together with the uh, Emily Wittig, who designed the special edition pink cover, um, and we had that cover uh, embossed in gold foil. Uh, we sprayed the edges gold. We've done a limited run of what I am calling the chameleon effect, the definitive edition. Um, and what is definitive about that edition is that I also expanded a chapter that I left underwritten. Part of the story had a section that sort of faded to black that shouldn't have. And it was one thing that both friends and author colleagues and folks all sort of, they're like, this book was great. I really loved it. Like, why'd you fade to black that reconciliation scene? <laughs> you closed the bedroom doors, Joe. <laughs> I, and I did it in my head. I did it for a reason at the time. Mm -hmm. And upon reflection, I realized, frankly, that that was the wrong decision and that I missed telling a part of uh, Liam and Raven's story. So I fucking fixed it. Uh, <laughs> I wrote it. Um, I rewrote the chapter. I included the scene between them that um, didn't happen before. So that now exists. Um, it has been updated for the Kindle version and the Audible version. So what you get now is the complete uh, The Chameleon Effect. Um, and Perfect. like I said, we also did a celebratory run of the definitive edition, which includes the expanded chapter 36, uh, two additional tracks that are on the Chameleon Effect playlist, uh, and a letter from myself explaining w why I did it, why I thought it was important to write those extra 2,500 words. So Nice, and fans love it. That's a great celebration for a story that is is a real celebration of love, the romance community, and everything that that we are all a part of. And um, we reviewed it on this show, uh, the original version. It's our second book. <laughs> yeah, it was our second book uh, book review. And I have to. I have to issue an apology to you, Joe, because I had, well, first of all, I had a preconceived notion in my mind that men could not write romance. And <laughs> this was, this was from, you know, previous experience of books that I read a long time ago and did not think that men could write romance and they could write love stories in general fiction, but it wasn't romance to my mind. So... You changed my mind about that, and I have now explored other uh, other authors since then because of the chameleon effect. So thank you for that. I'm very grateful to hear that, and I appreciate you, and I, I, I appreciate everybody that took a chance on the book, not just for myself as a new author, but um, as a male author. I recognize that. Mm -hmm. I recognize that very reasonable hurdle, frankly. I get it, and I've always tried to be very, very mindful of my space and my place in this community because it is very female centric and mm -hmm. I'm very grateful just to be a part of it just to have been invited um, and I, I take that invitation very seriously and so I do try and do everything that I do in this space with care um, so again I'm, I'm I appreciate your taking the chance on it and I hope that it opens the door to many more stories. The other thing too, the chameleon effect is told 95% of that book is told from the male POV and I know that for some fans that's also not as appealing. Um, that's not necessarily the gaze whereby they want to view the story. But for William, I really wanted to write a story where the guy, kind of does all the things that I've seen, heard, and read so many women do in right. these stories. Oftentimes I read books where the men are just kind of very emotionally guarded and like their emotional landscape isn't mined as completely as the female mm -hmm. characters is. And I was like, you know, I feel my feelings. It really, I got yeah. friends. I sit down with my guy friends and we talk about getting anxious about talking to a woman or feeling butterflies when you see somebody. Yeah, we also get our feels. And I wanted to 
I just wanted to create a story where men could sort of give themselves permission to say, yeah, yeah, I feel that too. Nervous and excited and um, anxious and love struck and all of it. So well done. Yeah. Yeah. You did a great job of it. It gave the, the women who are reading it that perspective that they hadn't gotten in romance before or, or very little of. And so even more so, thank you. I really want to say a huge thank you for being on the show today, Joe. This has been, having you on the program today was worth every bit of chutzpah that we had <laughs> that it took to do the pod puzzle. Every, every bit of just daring that, uh, that we had to, to do this, to plan this. And it was kept a secret from you for months. Like most everybody in the attic knew, just so you, uh, so you know. Um, and they kept it a secret from you and it was delightful and it could not have gone better. So thank you for that, Joe. And thank you so much for being on the show today. It's been my absolute pleasure. I can't believe that we've been chatting for an hour. This has absolutely flown by. Yeah. Um, yeah. Thank you for, for taking the time. Thank you for celebrating, um, love and love stories and, your positivity and your smiles are infectious and uh, I, I love seeing them, receiving them and being a part of them. And we will have links to all of Joe's socials, including information on joining the Audio Attic in the show notes on our website, cupandsaucybooks.com. You can also follow us on social media at Cup and Saucy Books. We are on Facebook, Instagram and TikTok. But don't follow them in real life because that would be creepy. Because that would be creepy. Well, she also now has a, a security. She has a security pony bouncing on a trampoline outside. <laughs> yep. So. He's got full vision. <laughs> Ready to spring into action at any moment. <laughs> and thank you for joining us for the Cup and Saucy Book Club. Join us next week for our fifth Monday special bonus episode. And probably a few tangents. Happy reading. Cheers. Cheers.